can you imagining 82% fill rate for a questionnaire which is 19 questions long and in the world of mobile apps and low patients that's what ED money has been able to achieve while trying to tell you what your financial personality looks like what they've been also able to do with all of this data that they've gathered about you is a deep degree of personalization in your experience with the application as well as the communication that you receive. As a brand, they've been able to do very well is establish the reputation of working very well for the long-term investor. Not really for the gimmicks, not really for the short-term traders, but the long-term investors. Great pay in education and an amazing maturity in terms of how they've done some of these things. Here's Santosh Nalwani, the Chief Operating Officer of ET Money on how this is playing out. Thank you so much for doing this, Santosh. Great to My have you pleasure on board. To be here. Thanks, Uncle. Super. So, Santosh, very simple starting point. Your personal journey of having gotten to this point, and you know how your early thoughts around fintech and what was broken, and you know what led to uh, money sites, and how your journey has been since then. So, I guess uh, uh, our journey was more accidental into fintech uh, and not really a planned one. Uh, I remember we had uh, Mukesh and myself had left our jobs and at NMOB and we're uh, trying to delve on some ideas to uh, do something on our own. We were young, we were uh, kind of possibly more attracted to build something built for ourselves. And uh, one fine day what happened while we were planning our uh, journey to entrepreneurship in a way that we will want to survive for longer, uh, we hit upon planning emergency funds and planning our protection like health cover. And that's where the whole journey about uh, figuring out which products we should be buying for ourselves before we jump into the entrepreneurship bandwagon. Sure. And uh, uh, then we realized that actually figuring out which products you need to buy is so complex. Sure. There are uh, so many insurance policies, so many mutual funds, so many credit cards, so many bank accounts that it's tough for a human being to really understand all these things uh, because uh, there are hidden terms and conditions, the products are opaque. Uh, the buying journey is not seamless as well. Uh, and uh, while having no idea what we will do in entrepreneurship, uh, we ended up on building a product on money sites, which actually uh, solves some problems on investing. Uh, uh, and that's about we, we've kind of gone strength to strength multiple times. I think uh, one core principle that we still combine or we still operate upon is uh, uh, whatever we build, we should be helping consumers solve their problems. Mm -hmm. And uh, uh, in a way that uh, the person should be getting better uh, financially, whether it's come to investing or savings or protection or any other financial need. Uh, if the consumer's life is not getting better by buying the product, we would not sell that product. Okay. So uh, I think those uh, two things have remained uh, uh, forever with us. And uh, I think uh, we're on a good journey on that side. Very interesting. So, you know, uh, the last few years have been a lot of attention to the subject of wealth tech. There's been a ton of new action, ton of new avenues, probably a ton of new wealth created as well. So help us understand this whole lay of the land on, uh, you know, what the landscape looks like now. You were quoting some numbers and stats around how much FD has been done in India and how much mutual funds sell in India and what the retail lens there is. So just, just help us set the context. I think there are, there are multiple products today. And uh, uh, when, like, you know, in 2008, uh, 2009, or maybe earlier when, when we started Money Sites, uh, and even till 2014, 16, uh, when we morphed into ED Money, uh, the the availability of products was actually not there. Sure. Uh, most people actually were relegated to like traditional fixed income instruments like fixed deposits, NSC, PPF, what you want to call it, mm. uh, stocks and mutual funds. Uh, it is only in last four or five years that we've seen so much innovation in terms of actually generating returns out of multiple possibilities. So okay. today you have uh, some kind of innovation happening on fixed income. You have uh, kind of, you know, the, the old days where actually buying FDs from your own bank. Today, people actually can buy FDs uh, or invest in fixed income instruments or banks or NBFCs mm. from a third party platform making like money. Sure. Uh, of course, uh, mutual funds have become extremely big. Mm. Uh, there has been crypto, of course. There has been brokerage in a very big way. Brokerage was not as big as uh, it is today. Uh, and generally trading, short-term trading has become bigger. Now, whether that is good for customer, bad for customer, uh, that is something, a topic for just discussion. Spiking me, man. Uh, yeah, yeah, mm. yeah. So uh, I think uh, the possibilities that people can create wealth upon or generate some kind of short-term return upon have increased manifold. And sure. hence, I guess, uh, the role of well-tech players like us becomes all the more important where you can actually 
kind of create some signals out of the noise that uh, people are all subjected to mm. and actually buy only the products which are important to them or for the other uh, don't really create kind of you know create noise in the portfolio but create some value in the portfolio so i think most people have products and not wealth uh, i think our role should be about how do we create wealth from products you know mentioned this in our offline chat as well the sole lens on how many people ended up making money via doing some of these activities and as a platform which is supposed to be uh, the go to place to enable some of these transactions what is the role that you have to play let's double take a little bit on what is the role that et money is currently playing aspiring to play vis-a-vis what else is happening in the ecosystem i think our biggest uh, uh, contribution to customers journey is education so uh, long ago we realized that uh, it is fortunately or unfortunately the investors interest in the marketplace comes in uh, only on two occasions mm. uh, one there is a life calling that he or she needs to invest uh, and second is the market environment where suddenly there has been a rally in the marketplace and the returns of last one year last six months maybe last two years looking very pretty good or sure. maybe your neighbor or your colleague or your extended relative has actually become rich by investing mm. and that's basically opens up a thought in people's mind that i also need to invest so these two things actually happened in a way that nobody can predict when they happen uh, but what happens once these uh, trigger happens in your life is uh, people start researching mm. now research used to happen on google today happens on youtube uh, uh, so people search for content which can help them make a decision so i think uh, uh, education plays a very important role and we spend uh, a lot of our energies on educating people uh, and how to go about investing how to pick up mutual funds uh, how to build a good portfolio uh, what is what is actually the requirement of a good financial plan hmm. uh, how do you plan retirement how do you plan long term investing goals so we we focus on those things a lot uh, which typically happens off platform so people will actually discover ed money either through google search or a youtube Uh, a kind of video that we may have hmm. made for them maybe on social media channels like say instagram or twitter or wherever uh, and once people stumble upon the content if and when they feel the need to really invest they might download ed money app and over there their entire focus is on how do we really make the journey seamless for the end consumer in a way that he or she feels uh, he, he or she feels is buying a mutual fund can be as easy as buying any kind of goods on an e-commerce platform so, so focus on that side and hmm. uh, and i think uh, when it comes to investing uh there are it's essentially three things you have to do as an as a platform uh there is a, a pre purchase journey that everybody goes through which is making basically opens investment account uh doing the kyc uh, making your first purchase uh and then there is post purchase which basically means that uh how do i really manage my investments uh how do i really uh, kind of you know identify risk in my portfolio do mm-hmm. i need to book profits uh, how do i avoid losses and of course then there is a journey for how do we really, really basically go about managing on a daily basis mm-hmm. uh investing is long term right so uh it is not that i invest today in a weeks time everything goes hunky dory and i make some money uh people need to be at it for a few years if not a decade so that's where the chunk of the work actually happens so education mm-hmm. and that second aspect where we make people focus on their investments and for long term uh where most energy is get spent pre purchase which is opening opening an account doing kyc make first purchase happen redemption of transactions withdrawing of money those are those are easy task the bigger ha- bigger value creation happens on these two occasions where we educate and we help people manage money so if i do think of it as a consumer ultimately i need to ma- manage my money and i might have a portfolio of different asset classes involved so uh, do you see this uh, eventually in some sense converging that people who were doing this will now start to do this because they have to expand the share of wallet so to speak and where does that then you know eventually become very uniform that everybody is offering everything i think uh, nobody is offering uh, offering everything today everybody is focused on certain aspects sure. so uh maybe from ed money's context i can talk more mm-hmm. uh, uh, or the space we operate upon so we operate in in the space of primarily capital markets so sure. uh, if you were to really say that how does ed money how how is ed money different for an end consumer okay. your long term investing app okay yeah so ed whatever ed money does is only focused towards uh, creating long term wealth for you uh where and long term wealth typically gets created by investing capital markets sure yeah uh, so equities form a bunch uh, or other a large portion of our business uh, consumers portfolio uh, uh and generally the ha- overall traction in the space has been on the brokerage or capital market size now brokerage will be demat capital markets can be mutual funds as well uh, that we do uh the second aspect is fixed income there is uh, there are opportunities where people are 
actually making access to fixed deposits of uh, other banks right. available uh, hmm. on apps. We do some of it as well on sure. the money app. Uh, and third is like uh, the gold aspect of it. So hmm. the, traditionally there has been like equity, debt, gold. Correct. Uh, and then gold has multiple forms of investing. People can buy physical gold. People can buy digital okay. gold. People can invest in sovereign gold bonds. People can invest in gold mutual funds, which is again, we offer gold mutual funds way of investing in gold. So hmm. I think uh, equity, debt and gold are primary asset classes for retail investors. Real estate and also getting fair. into fund mode now. In some so point. real estate becomes, of course, uh, 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 one of the primary assets that most of us hold uh, indirectly or directly. Uh, be it land or where we uh, stay in that sense. But uh, uh, like the retail democratization of retail, uh, real estate has not happened in the country yet. We this don't have enough real estate funds. Mm. Uh, we, do, we do have uh, real estate investment trust today. But uh, again, the market is very shallow. Sure, still early. It is, it's, yeah, it is still early days. Uh, of course, a lot of innovation can happen as uh, we formalize a lot of land holdings, uh, a lot of uh, monetization opportunities come into picture. Uh, a lot of uh, players are involved in that bit yet. But again, what happens is uh, uh, people always compare how much return I can make via uh, these this sophisticated real estate mm-hmm. instruments like uh, uh, REITs or for them investing in an apartment or a piece of land. Now, the comparison typically holds in a way that uh, there is an REIT which can give you uh, a regular income over a long period of time, which may be 8% or 12% per annum. But people typically want... Uh, a higher return from sure. the real estate investments. Mm. So we have not seen a traction on these products, at least not digitally yet. yet. Mm. Uh, but uh, I'm sure it will open up a period of time as we move along. And then there are some uh, kind of fixed income instruments opportunities on credit risk, uh, wherein basically uh, uh, people are building portfolios of products on top of agricultural investments or new energy investments, or for that matter, uh, some piece of invoice discounting. Now we can go on and on, but uh, there is enough opportunities available to basically invest in fixed income in an mm. online way today. But again, uh, the larger chunk uh, of portfolio of people and uh, more uh, regulated uh, investment products are actually stocks, mutual funds, and maybe ETFs, uh, which is where the action is today in my opinion. Fair. So the, the lens I was trying to apply is from a customer relationship depth and the lifetime value. So what you will want to do as a money management place is for him to have a increasing share of his savings or investments being managed through your platform. That's the normal way of, let's say, making sure you have the highest mind share from the customer in some sense. And if it means that you need to increase the number of product offerings within your own play, you might want to do in that direction. Or you might talk about depth within a certain set of asset classes that, okay, you are going to buy X amount of mutual funds in your life. I want to make sure all of that is here. So just help us understand this lens on customer relationship, uh, what it looks like, uh, you know, what it looks like for ET Money today and where is it headed from there? A wallet share of mutual fund is something which we would want to own up Fair. as a company we, and we work towards it. So uh, whether it's about investing towards long term, uh, investing for tax savings every year, investing for uh, uh, short term uh, goals that people may have or parking surplus cash that may have. Hmm. So we have products across uh, these all four dimensions on the app and you can invest in mutual funds on those things. But what we do is uh, we also make other curated products available on the app. So not all the time uh, the investor wants to take a market risk uh, 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 with respect to short term investment. So uh, a debt fund, while uh, most debt funds carry very low risk Mm -hmm. uh, and they can give you a predictable return that you may be aiming from short term income. But then uh, because you can't guarantee that you will make a 6% or a 8% or a 7% uh, from your debt and mutual fund investment, uh, some investors do like to have an option of fixed income in other shops. So we do fixed deposits, we do P2P lending products on customers where we curate uh, uh, kind of, you know, providers, suppliers of these fixed income instruments in a way that we believe they are far more uh, less risky or uh, kind of, you know, established uh, sources of collecting money for uh, the NBFCs or other kind of uh, instruments and provide a good stable return to the customer. So we curate those products as well. Uh, There is a big need of retirement in the country. Most people, at least today's millennial uh, population, uh, all of us are not saving enough, but are spending a lot more. Uh, And given the developing uh, state of the country that we are in, uh, we are not going to see a low inflation regime uh, very soon. Uh, so given that inflation is going to stay for long, uh, our needs and wants and desires only growing, our lifestyles are getting better to really support and a higher great, maintenance. Sorry. And higher maintenance. And higher maintenance, yeah. And to really, really fund that future life when you are on zero salary uh, post-retirement, 
uh, I think retirement planning becomes very important. We have a product called NPS, National Pension okay. Scheme. So uh, uh, that's, I believe, uh, it's one of the fundamentally uh, great product to own for every uh, 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 working individual uh, expecting to retire at some point mm. of time in life. Uh, and it happens to be world's lowest cost retirement product. Uh, uh, so we, we provide access to NPS on the app. And more importantly, we actually go about providing advisory in all these products mm. uh, to our consumers uh, in the form of VD Money Genius, which actually uh, uh, becomes a way to take informed decisions, uh, not just once, but multiple times, depending on market conditions. So we provide that as well. So idea is that can we really own all uh, uh, kind of, you know, short-term, long-term, mid-term horizons of the consumer? And ultimately, everybody is targeting a return at a certain amount of risk. Sure. Uh, if we can provide these via uh, uh, regulated products like mutual funds and uh, stocks and fixed income instruments, we prefer that. Uh, uh, and more importantly, we actually try to own up the share of the customer's wallet, not just from uh, investing, but overall personal finance where hmm. uh, insurance, if you are a long-term investor, uh, becomes a critical part of your portfolio. Sure. Uh, not from investment, but a finance portfolio in that mm. sense. Very interesting. So, you know, the uh, I would love to jump a little bit to the whole persona of the guy who's coming into the platform. Is there uh, the so-called ideal customer profile that you uh, have in mind when you're doing all of your acquisition efforts? Because you mentioned the epiphany moment of, hey, he's making money, why am I not? Or the life calling that, dude, it's high time I started saving because at some point I'll want to retire. So both of these things are, in some sense, maybe related to a certain age level, a certain life stage, a certain life occasion. I got married, I had kids, some of those things, right? So from that lens, from the acquisition side of things, when you're expanding the number of people investing via ET money or engaging with ET money, what's that customer segment that you have identified as a core? So uh, we actually focus on a mindset of long-term investing and not really okay. uh, a specific demography, sure. uh, if I were to say that. Uh, and that mindset of long-term investing typically comes uh, two, three years into the job. Now, okay. uh, many people are starting to work early in life. So this mo moment may come at 24, mm. 25. Mm. For some people, the moment may come at 27, 28. Or maybe early 30s, depending on your uh, upbringing, lifestyle, uh, uh, you know, place that you're sure. belonging to. Uh, so I think we focus on that. Uh, more attracting a psychographic that. segment than a demographic yeah, segment. Yeah, so we focus on that uh, need of investing towards long-term. Okay. We also kind of... Uh, Kind of probably are better suited for uh, uh, investors who have was short on time. Uh, Fair. So we are not somebody who, who is serving your need for daily trading, a lot of uh, uh, short term investments, uh, maybe brokerage. We are not serving that need. Mm. We don't intend to serve that need in the near future, at least. Uh, so hence, uh, uh, we attract a set of segments which e has started investing elsewhere, maybe short term trading, uh, but has realized that it is not his or her cup of tea. So that person gets attracted to it even because we educate on long-term investing because we educate in building right portfolio. And that's mutual because you want that kind of people who are gravitating yes. towards long-term yes. and are not necessarily the very, very yeah. high-intensity, low-interval yeah. uh, low trading kind of yeah. uh, place, right? This whole acquisition play and while all of these platforms talk about reducing friction and making it super simple to do that, that need can be served by other platforms as well. But the whole lens on education that you're putting extra effort on, makes my journey slightly more smooth as far as my evolution as an investor is concerned. Yeah. So in that sense, now people enter at various, let's say, demographic stages, but the mindset of long-term investing. But how does the consumer journey now look inside the platform? I understand that a majority of first things that people do, the first activation, so to speak, would typically be a mutual fund purchase. Yes. And then that'll be like a larger suite of products that you just spoke about in terms of fixed income products or insurance or uh, some and of the other categories you spoke yeah. about. Is there a path that you've been able to understand that this is typically how our journey would play out? And is there a, let's say, set of different kinds of paths that people are taking through the platform? So uh, I think opening up uh, the entire app to the uh, user who's coming on the first time with uh, products which typically we don't buy on daily basis. Uh, becomes a very hard call uh, to take uh, for sure. an app like It's ours. also overwhelming, right? Overwhelming as well. It's intimidating actually, I would yeah, say. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's a put-off to me. It's a put-off. Yeah. So we don't really do that. Mm. Uh, we focus on the uh, uh, kind of, you know, getting the highest selling product or the product which has most traction in the marketplace, which is mutual funds for sure. retail investments. Mm. So we, we prefer that everybody uh, uh, kind of gets enters exposed to this. that or enters mm. via this route. Uh, the app is designed for that. In fact, when you... Uh, downloaded e-money as a new user and you uh, spend time on the app, you would uh, be nudged towards opening investment account where the first product you get exposed to is, is mutual yeah, funds. Mutual fund. That's your default yeah. entry point. Yeah, yeah. Mm. So that becomes entry point. And some users, even if uh, 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 
they open an account with intent to invest do get uh, kind of i would say not confused but uh, quite circumspect about what is the right product for me sure. so we have product called edi money genius which is an advisory service mm. where we help uh, the investors take a right call be their first investment be the repeat investment this be like an interactive play where i provide a lot of information about my life stage my needs my goals and then you will come back with insights but i don't understand you first so we mm. have something called investor personality so uh, uh, once you kind of do that it uh, uh, it basically tries to assess you on uh, slightly behavioral aspects we call it 3b model so sure. uh, behavior biases and and uh, you know uh, uh, the aspect of how you take decisions when it comes to finance so uh, these three things we try to assess you on those things and uh, we we give you a personality trait attached to you so somebody may be strategist when it comes to uh, planning money somebody may be an adventurer when it comes to planning money uh, planning for money uh, somebody may be like a protector uh, somebody sure. may be uh, wired to be adventurer right so so we have eight personality traits uh, we have a risk score attached to it and that basically makes very engaging way for uh, kind of investors to really know about themselves very fascinating so in terms of the users uh, willingness to invest that kind of time and effort to one give you all that information and then discover this personality with themselves do you see uh, generally enough uh, traction there or is there like okay there's five more forms to fill why should you ask that question so we are surprised in fact you know we delayed this product launch like this this aspect of this aspect of the onboarding journey mm-hmm. by possibly quarters uh, because there's a debate going on Friction. that who will fill up this long form yeah. so just to be precise there are 19 questions in that and all the 19 questions are very pictorial in nature and not sure. like uh, like it requires you to really think a lot uh, but still we felt that given the attention span on mobile phones uh, people may not really uh, be ready to give that time and attention to it uh, when we started tracking the conversion rate or the fill up fill rate as we call that a completion rate we were shocked that it is 82% wow you know so typically for any serious business as well we are supposed to submit your kyc we've seen insane drop off rates because every step that you add in the funnel causes a certain kind of drop yeah. off and in my impression what i'm trying to understand better is thanks to the way the brand is being positioned you are attracting a kind of audience which is more serious more committed yeah. which then translates into a slightly more appropriate behavior for that yeah, yeah yeah because most people don't discover it money through some kind of display or a search mm. campaign they discover it money because they were researching about funds or right ways to invest be it on google be it on youtube maybe they would have watched three four videos sure. maybe three four blogs they download the app and they are very high intent So, so unlike others, we don't see. Yeah, yeah. So we don't see too much drop off. Of course, there is a drop off. Of course, it's course. not. It's not. It's it's possibly unreal or uh, you know, kind uh, of unrealistic expectations to have that uh, an investor will download the app and hundred uh, of out of hundred will actually finish the KYC. It's not the right expectation. In some sense, it's also a function of how aggressively you are expanding because if you are getting installs from left, right, and center, all sorts of marketing campaigns that will automatically translate into. downstream poor behavior yeah, yeah, yeah but if you're being a little let's say sensible about that acquisition side yeah. as well then you attract a certain kind of people in some sense it might limit the aggression on the growth pace velocity perhaps but at the same time it will give you the kind of audience you're seeking so we've done enough experiments to really come to a stage mm-hmm. where uh, we realize that going aggressive uh, uh, when it comes to investing doesn't really help because uh, people will invest when they have money uh, and because we typically want to attract people for whom we can create meaningful wealth so we don't really possibly attract people who have 100 rupees per month to invest uh, in fact I, i i don't believe you can get anywhere in life to start by 100 rupees it can be mm. experiment for you but that cannot be a constant behavior i tried i don't know what kind of business model would uh, push people to run tv ads to get people to start investing in a crypto product for like 10 rupees a day or something to that effect right i mean in some sense that's is that a mixed up kpi somewhere that somebody is chasing a end goal which is not really very useful uh, i'm i'm possibly the right person to answer that question but i think it's also about uh, uh, there is possibly business model geared towards transaction income so if if the platform is making some kind of transaction income from every transaction you are bringing to the hmm. to the app uh, then they may not care they like to have as many transactions as you can yes but unlike that ed money is not an app which basically creates transaction income from every transaction Uh, in fact, we don't earn anything from mutual funds. Uh, so this is a bit itself. of shift happening in the industry somewhere. You spoke about the fact that there was uh, this whole commission-based reselling model, which 
biases an advisor in some sense to kind of push some products over the others, which was probably the case in a lot of offline investment advisory ecosystem. The advisors will push something which makes money for them. And that era has changed because of these digital first plays which have made it a more direct kind of play. Yeah. Do you want to double click on that a little bit as to what that change means and how that changes business model for somebody like you? I think so. India is a unique market where by regulation there is channel conflict. Yeah. Uh, so regulation uh, governs an AMC to really have two plans. One is direct, one is regular. Okay. So uh, when you buy through an agent, uh, it is typically called mutual fund uh, uh, distributor, it's called MFD in, in industry parlance. So when you buy something from MFD, uh, you would be buying a regular plan where uh, he or she will be making some commission. Uh, there, there are apps which are regular today, uh, even in today's times. There are basically uh, banks which may be selling regular plans to you, or maybe the neighborhood agent may be selling a regular plan to you. So not everybody is biased in my opinion. Every sure. Some people uh, would focus on customer outcomes mm. and because mutual fund uh, distribution is such that uh, over a long period of time you make money only when a consumer makes money and okay. uh, uh, money comes over a long period of time. So you need to retain the customer. If you provide good investing outcomes, people tend to stick with you. So, uh, But uh, given that uh, there are there is always an option to buy a direct plan without commissions and save on commissions, I think uh, uh, on on digital as a medium, we are wired towards getting attracted towards bargains. Okay. Right. So it's very tough uh, 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 for an individual to let go of uh, uh, an opportunity to buy a direct plan, which is as easy to buy as regular plan. Sure. Uh, no more difficult, and also ends up give, making more money for you. So uh, uh, I think the industry got changed towards as more and more people got aware that there is something called a direct plan available. Mm. More people wanted to buy a direct plan and most of it happened online more often than offline because in offline, uh, it, it's, there is a cost of search, cost of travel, uh, physical friction. The industry what you is deeper with the agent route. I mean, that's the yeah, so, first path most yes. people discover mutual funds. So the, I think uh, I typically try to, kind of, I try to say that there are two markets in mutual funds in the country. There is offline regular market sure. uh, and there is online direct market. And those are the only two because uh, no one's <coughs> able to buy offline direct and no one wants to buy online. Regular. So people can buy online regular, but, but nobody very few that. people it, buy. It, it's a bit careless to kind of give commission where you cannot choose. No, I think it's value addition, right? So if if hmm. if, uh, if if you if you believe as a consumer that your app or your platform you're buying from uh, adds value in terms of giving you right advice or guidance to decide what you should be investing in. Maybe there is a play for I mean, charging Indians commission. Indians, the way we are wired and the way we think about advice being, let's say, monetarily <coughs> valuable, I would imagine people, if they knew that this exists, will gravitate towards this. So online direct yeah, so have as a disproportionate share of growth, right? On digital media, we are possibly bargain hunters all the time. And direct is a uh, everyday sale, mm, right? Every, everyday sale, right? There is no there is no day where direct is expensive than regular or same price as regular. So people buy direct It's plans. a bit of a high involvement play regardless, right? No one's going to go shopping. It's not food delivery. So you're not going to buy on impulse. You'll not buy super frequently. You'll buy once in a while. You do it more carefully. You will do a long-term decision making. You'll do a ton of homework around yes. this. Yes. So this is the online bargain hunter or at least being a well-researched guy. It can be a safe assumption to make somewhere. So I, I think it is, is both, right? So uh, investing is life calling, as I, as I say. Sure. Uh, investing for long-term is all the more life calling. Yeah. Uh, Life calling doesn't happen without being well read or uh, more aware. It's hard to believe uh, uh, that you will attract a well read, well educated, well aware consumer to your app and he or she will not be aware about direct. Absolutely. Yeah. So which is why then makes me uh, wonder about this whole uh, nature of uh, aggression and growth because uh, the segment of these people, let's say 100 people are coming in, well-read, well-educated, well-qualified would be a percentage of those, not necessarily all. Yeah. And by design, then you're gravitating towards people who are, let's say, f falling in the small sub-segment of the well-read, well-qualified, yeah. well-educated, uh, intentioned uh, people who yeah. are willing to fill up the form that you're asking them to fill up. So I think uh, filling up forms used to be tough, yeah. uh, but it has possibly become easier. So look at this today. So you're saying it's just lesser friction, which makes yeah. So I up. think uh, uh, there is. Uh, I think the biggest friction is OTPs in life, which become auto-populated on on mobile phones. Uh, I think the only complicated piece is today is entering a PAN number. Mm. Uh, uh, a lot of information that uh, uh, like a lot of people who come to the ETMNI app. Uh, may already be an investor somewhere else. Sure. Uh, about two-thirds of the users who come to the app are already KYC verified because they may have opened a DMAT Correct. account elsewhere. They may be an offline investor with a mm. with an agent or a bank. 
so what happens is uh, we have the uh, kind of fortune to uh, basically autofill a lot of things right, for the right. end user mm. Yeah, the moment you enter PAN, if your KYC verified, a lot of information comes from the KYC registry, which is available sure. in the country today. Yeah. Uh, uh, so I think filling up form is not difficult. Uh, submission of uh, proofs is not difficult because there is DigiLocker where uh, your information is stored. You just sense. enter OTP yeah. and DigiLocker comes in. Uh, I think payments is not difficult because uh, you know uh, it's it's real time UPI payments for everybody. Earlier. It used to be that because you can't verify a bank account in a real time, mm. you used to link a bank account to your investment accounts. This is no more the case. So I think all the friction due to enabling infrastructure. Yeah, so I think fintech in front of the country is uh, uh, a lot of stuff is bought because of the government initiatives. Sure, uh, is I think it's all about the UX today. Uh, so the, the the form that I was most interested in the fill rate was this eight two percent fill rate of this personality style yeah. quiz, right? And that's the nineteen questions I was feeling like, okay, people are actually filling all that up. Yeah. It's partly my own curiosity to understand what maybe I don't I know my, about it myself. Is. It is. Yeah. It is. It's possible. Partly curiosity and partly high intent to invest. So curiosity, maybe there even if you don't want to invest, the moment you say that you would love to, would you like to know yourself as an investor, how you make decisions. Uh, and be- before you put your long, hard and money into work, you may want to just spend a few minutes of your time to answer those questions. And it helps a ton uh, in a way that you would know that you are somebody who may not be uh, ready to take excessive risk for your short term investments. Absolutely. Yeah. And this is what now makes me wonder that those 19 questions give you those eight personality styles that you spoke about. In terms of the treatment of these eight personality styles, in terms of what downstream communication happens with them, what kind of journeys they go through, what kind of recommendations come to them, tell us a little bit flavor of what changes and how does it change. So we, we try to do uh, as much personalization as possible in these things. Uh, uh, so I'll, I'll probably give an example. Maybe Absolutely. Just, uh, more finance or investor behavior Sorry. than 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 uh, marketing communications, but uh, it's like suppose there is uh, a kind of a profile of investor which we qualify as strategizer. Yeah, uh, he or she strategizes a lot hmm. uh, uh, before uh, doing anything in life and primarily investing at least. Uh, there are three behaviors. We uh, there are three parameters uh, on which we assess you. So there is something called as uh, financial mastery. Are you really somebody who's aware about basic concepts of finance? And then there is something called as loss aversion, mm-hmm. uh, uh, which is basically how sensitive to losses you are as a consumer. So if market falls, do you lose sleep tonight? Sorry, so is this a part of those questions? Or is this something you'll discover subsequently? No, so we ask questions and we analyze that ultimately the 19 questions uh, come to these three parameters. So you spoke about eight personas, but you spoke about these three parameters, and the combination of these three parameters will give you those. Will define personas? a persona. Okay. Yes, yes, yes. Sorry, uh, maybe yeah, I. Yeah, that's okay. I'm just trying to understand yeah. the sequence of yeah, steps. So the here. questions will basically uh, in the back end score uh, on these three things. Us, uh, score you on multiple things, and uh, ultimately three parameters will decide what personality you are. Sure. So these three parameters for a uh, for the who, who so people who are hmm. kind of labeled as strategizers are somebody who is. High on financial mastery. It's a very simple parallel to an RFM kind of model, but I understand yeah, the, the logic is kind of different, right? It's a parallel. I won't yeah, say it's, it's a, a parallel. Thing. It's a parallel. Yeah, yeah. but so, very interesting to have made this framework, and I'm assuming has it evolved <laughs> meaningfully in terms of your the the way you score, the way you parameterize, and the way you translate the uh, eight personas. Yes, so entire so uh, the investment in uh, like how we really uh, kind of advise your investments under the ED Money Genius offering of ours. Is based on this. You cannot start. This is insanely powerful in some sense because if you have all that many people whose financial behavior is something you know of, like a day zero on entry, then that can be amazing in terms of how you craft their downstream journey. Of course, you know it it basically uh, also tells you that how do you look at look at protection of the portfolio. Uh, There will be parallels in how you look at protection of your life goals. So how how no, good? I'm actually trying to understand whether this has a very serious bearing on retention as well because you guys know me better than anybody else does. And now I'm much more inclined to work with you to guide me better compared to what I'm doing with anyone else because no one else knows me this much to be able to guide me effectively. Yeah, exactly. So I think uh, as we were talking before the kind of chat as well that we we as a company focus on retention hmm. uh, simply because of uh, two things. One is you can't create wealth overnight, so you have to give time. So for customers' own sake, we have to retain him or her. Uh, secondly, the business uh, model is such that. We don't really make money from mutual funds. Yeah. We monetize uh, uh, the efforts that we put in. 
via you being aware to manage your money effectively well via investment advisory uh which is our ready money genius product uh you but that's not a subscription product it's a free subscription. product it's a, it's a subscription, subscription. Oh, so actually pay for gyan in some not pay for gyan pay for advice so pay for actionable advice. so pay for action basically so uh, let's put this way uh 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 russia ukraine war broken on february mm-hmm. 24 25 last year uh and and then post that the oil price went up the sure. uh, everybody was talking about uh, the crypto regulation which was coming in the country a lot of money got lost by the people and on top of it there was volatility in the equity markets because bank central bankers ac- across the globe were increasing interest rates we don't know uh, anybody in right mind would have been actually wanting to put all their monies in equities at that point of time sure yeah uh, and uh, what happens today is uh, if you're not investing in equities or mutual funds sips that you're doing you tend to keep all the money in the bank Hmm. Yeah. So if money is not finding its way into your mutual fund portfolios, it it remains in the bank account, earning two point five percent interest rate. So a lot of wealth gets destroyed just because inflation is seven percent or eight percent. Sure. Yeah. So the uh, the users, if they don't get right advice, that uh, maybe equities are the right uh, right place to be in right hmm. now, but debt investments on gold is. uh if there is nobody to tell me that it's a good time to put money in gold i would keep my money in bank account but in some sense uh this is now getting a little intelligent because of the personality style that you already know about me and the genius platform which i'm paying to give me this advice is uh utilizing all these external signals to find what it means in my world and what should it mean from my decision making lens so uh, it's it's quite complex but oh, for sure. a user it is actually quite yeah. simpler task you're simplifying the whole yeah. translation of all of those things into implications as to what should it mean for me yes it's it's for a for an end investor it should only mean that uh, how should uh, he or she invest this month as simple as that so very simple question is this entirely a data driven automated kind of engine or is there human yes. power behind it's it and so all data driven automated we call it quantitative way of investing uh, so it's a, it's a quantitative model which powers all the Uh, decisions uh, that the advisory service delivers to the end customer and you see um, it doing better or equally good as a human advice somewhere far because better. a lot of judgment far that gets better. involved is far better more complex because i said right uh, if you look at a trend of uh, uh, demat accounts mm. or mutual fund portfolios uh, right from uh, i think april 2022 till uh, february 2023 you would be surprised that while markets was either falling or not going anywhere the month on month new demat accounts barring the ipo months were actually falling mm. uh the mutual fund sip book was not growing uh, people were actually redeeming more money than investing sure uh whereas genius was actually advising people that this is a good time to increase allocations towards mid and small cap maybe this is a good time to really buy gold and maybe on a some month just don't don't do anything whatever you are investing continue to do that mm. you will do my good so uh, we actually done analytics uh, 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 some time ago and we made it public as well uh, so march 2020 march 23 2020 was the lowest that nifty hit uh, 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 on that day in the covid mm. correction and uh, if we look at data on april 1 2023 Uh, close to two thirds of the investors actually underperform Nifty despite being a rally. Sure. Right. Uh, so what happens? Uh, Beat even the best of the investors, mm. they tend to get biased. Of course. Uh, maybe because of they know more, they mm. have baggages or experience or whatever you want to call it. Uh, we have friends and colleagues who may be talking negative positively uh, about the markets, and our influence, our 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 mind gets influenced to act uh, according to what we hear. uh it's tough to really ignore uh, the market the moments mm. and not uh make them a decision point in your uh, actions so when you have only a data led approach which is devoid of human emotions uh one tends to take one tends to start calling a market as undervalued one okay. tends to start calling a market as overvalued irrational exuberance or uh waiting for a correction uh okay. but when there is no data and market is rising you would tend to say the rally will last this time is different 
Yeah. Sure. So there's a classic code in the market. Yeah. This time yeah. is different. Yeah. True. So so I think uh, uh, to avoid this time is different kind of illusions, uh, you need some kind of helping hand. And uh, uh, I, I personally believe that uh, I know markets a lot more. Sure. Uh, I believe that uh, I understand asset allocation, rebalancing a lot better than many people. But I still get biased by my baggages or experience, depending on. And you still prefer to trust Virginia's I prefer trust the system, uh, which can guide me how to invest, uh, than actually invest with biases. This is very fascinating now because you're saying is if people followed Genius advice, they'd be far better off than they would they wouldn't in some uh, sense. Generally. If they followed uh, any advice which is data driven and not uh, human emotion led, sure. they would do better. Yeah, so in some sense, when you talk about uh, some of these outcomes and uh, when people are being given advice by Genius, <laughs> they would either follow it fully, partially or not. Is there a detailed mechanism in which you're able to uh, see that, okay, these are the people who followed advice, these are people who did not follow of course, advice? Of course, we track and it. Like, yeah. I'm assuming that as part of your marketing play, then uh, kind of how our mutual fund markets itself to say that we've delivered this kind of return, it, it would be a fair thing to say that Genius has delivered this kind of an outcome for some people. Is that... So there are regulatory bars or conditions on what we can do, what we cannot do. We would love to communicate success stories to end investors. There are complications about what we can do, what we cannot do. But we try to communicate to people that, uh, you know, if they become a genius customer, if and when they become genius customer, they get access to all the advice that we are giving. So they have ready-made XI advice available on the app whenever they want to Hmm. uh, look at. We do communicate to them how we're looking at markets right now. Uh, or rather when we say we are looking at markets, how our model is looking at markets and uh, making sense out sure. of it. We do that a lot. And I think what happens, people try it with some amounts. Mm. Uh, uh, and they they possibly have their own mind map in terms of comparing that my own DIY investments are actually not doing as much as, as good as the Genius portfolio is doing when I started investing. And people tend to buy that belief, uh, uh, become more uh, you know reliant on what Genius is doing. And I think we we have enough data where we know for sure that once uh, an investor in Genius uh, invests continuously for three months or more, uh, the retention is 94%. They'll remain on Genius in that sense. Yeah, it's 94%. So, in so, simple terms, if I were to ask a very simple breakdown of people who are subscribers, who have done something with you uh, vis-a-vis not subscribed to Genius versus subscribed to Genius, is that I'm assuming there's a specific percentage or ratio that of you Of course. Have. So, we are yeah. just getting started on Genius. So, yeah. Uh, uh, the the number of people who would have bought Genius subscription today will not be even like about 18% of the entire app. Sure. So of all the subscribers or of all the people who are buying mutual funds through the platform, 18% of them are using Genius subscription. Yeah. And I would imagine this will consistently grow because people are experimenting. So in terms of the GDM for Genius within the customer base, uh, I would imagine that you will have, uh, let's say, a trial period of some sort and then people can convert to Subscription or how does that uh, upsell work? So uh, that's the safe to call it an upsell, right? Yes, safe to call is up, upsell, upgrade, uh, upgrade is maybe the right word, uh, upgrade to better way to invest, sure. in my opinion. Uh, uh, we do provide some kind of, uh, I would not say discounted. Our pricing is basically, again, uh, and under regulation, you cannot do a lot of stuff. Of course. Uh, so our, the, the pricing of Genius is structured in a way that everybody gets. Uh, uh, a lower price for first three months okay. and the price automatically shifts to the real price mm. or the or the higher price. So we start with like 49 rupees per month for first three months and then uh, from the fourth month onwards it will be automatically upgraded to 49 rupees. So uh, we provide you a way to try uh, at a far lower uh, cost barrier uh, than taking a leap of faith to really give that much money and invest directly. But the amount of money I'm investing, does that have any bearing on what kind of money am I paying for Genius? Uh, no, so we are flat price service. Uh, Which would, I mean, from a lens of somebody who looking to put any decent size of money, this should not be like a bad Yeah, so because cost. India, so uh, I think a lot of, while uh, we all, maybe entire industry works hard towards telling people they need to invest right amounts, uh, the average SIP in the country will be about 2,400 rupees. Uh, many people may be having three or four SIPs. And genius people have, uh, on ED Money as an app, uh, our average is about 3.8. So people tend to invest like 10,000 rupees per month okay. on an average. Uh, they are ripe for genius. Hmm. But people who are yet to upgrade to a range, uh, to stage where they've started committing some serious amount, they may not get attracted to a 250 rupees. 
Sorry, just so to that's fair. Click uh, on this a little bit for a moment. Uh, the when you said ten thousand rupees is the average, uh, let's say SIP that people are making uh, per user. Per, per user, user per month. He may have multiple SIPs, but total will be about ten thousand rupees. Yeah. So in that sense, the question I would have is: Is this to do with the uh, let's say percentage allocation of their overall investment coming in, or is this the kind of audience profile who has only this much to spare and that's why they're coming in? I think it's, it's, it talks a very different kind yeah, of persona. Yeah. That no, is I here, think right? it's a lopsided allocation that all of mm. us uh, sure. are doing. Uh, Uh, I think uh, when it comes to investing, we are wired towards taking a large amount of risk on small amount of money, okay. while keeping large amount of money safe. All right. Whereas the right way to the right way to approach investing should be take a reasonable amount of risk on large sum of money. I mean that's yeah. the only way to kind of deliver some sort of meaningful outcome because otherwise, yeah. So it's like you know uh, the reward like, on a small ticket would. Only go so far. No, so what happens is uh, uh, the reason that uh, the average SIP is two thousand two hundred. Of course, India is not a very high income country, uh, sure. so that has a bearing on that as well. But uh, you know, if there are there is one uh, eighty lakh crore worth of money lying in fixed deposits and current accounts in the country hmm. today, and only about twenty two lakh crore of retail money retail mutual funds. Hmm. Retail uh, total money mutual funds will be forty eight lakh crore, hmm. but twenty two lakh crore is is retail is retail. So, if you see one eighty lakh crore and twenty lakh crore, uh, people are not allocating enough to the category. Or is it also that a lot of people are still only on FDs and not on mutual funds? That would also be the category. Uh, again, it, it may be like they're putting FDs. They may have going on multiple things people do. But uh, the key part is they uh, they need to invest right amounts. Uh, so, what we did in Genius, we removed the aspect of how much you're investing. We okay. kept flat price. So whether you're investing ten lakh rupees, one crore rupees, or ten thousand rupees, hmm. we charge the same price, and it basically keeps us in check as well. Hmm. Where see, uh, uh, a lot of people in the in the uh, market have not made money because there'll be hundreds and thousands of people to tell you what to buy, but nobody will tell you when to sell. Okay, the real wealth is created when you sell. Hmm. Somehow. Uh, selling an asset or selling a stock is frowned upon. Uh, sure. Every time you don't really convert that paper profit into real profit in the bank account, uh, it is not of, of any use to you. Yeah, you can't buy a home with your portfolio. Yeah. You you can buy a home with uh, your bank account balance. In some way, we don't like to sell assets. It seems yeah like giving up on something maybe something. No, but I I'm not sure about that aspect. When it comes to trading, hmm. uh, people are selling people this before they're buying. Curious. Yeah. So I, I think say people a, are not selling uh, and monetizing this. Just help us understand this more. So I think uh, when people are investing for long term, it means they never sell. When people okay. are doing short term, they mean that I the need to really very keep churning my portfolio. Mm. So I think the mindsets become like that. The right mindset should be: I should be investing in the long term approach to investing. Sure, but when I have a long term approach to it, yeah, get married to an approach to investing, not a product Fair or enough. not an instrument. So I should not be married to a favorite stock of mine and keep holding forever. I should not be married to. Uh, 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 the only fund that I, uh, I have in my portfolio, I never sell. You will not create wealth. So mm-hmm. what has happened in the past is because the trailing commissions that a lot of uh, mutual fund agents earn, or portfolio managers' pricing is also based on AUM fee. Mutual fund commission, mutual funds themselves earn money on the AUM fee. Right. Uh, nobody tells you when to sell. Yeah. Because nobody wants you to sell. Yeah. I guess. So in AD money, what we did is uh, we said it's flat pricing. So that when you we don't have anything to lose, our AUMs don't go down, our revenues don't go down if we ask you to sell. So we we tell people to book profits fearlessly. You're a lot more objective about when to book profits, when to get out, and yeah, because my revenue doesn't depend on that. So if I tell you to sell a sell a mutual fund, I suppose for example, we were charging a one percent uh, asset management fee every year as a as a advisor. I would never want to sell you because if you sell. Ten lakh rupees yeah. from one crore portfolio, my income will go down by ten percent. Interesting, you know. So you also mentioned something about the genius portfolio versus the outside portfolio. Is that something which is a function of if I'm following advice and putting some money basis at advice, it's tracked and maintained separately in a ledger so I can compare the performance on these two portfolios? Yes, yes. It, it is maintained differently. So genius is a separate uh, advisory uh, section in the app. So, in some uh, sense, yeah, the advice that's coming to the consumer is also uh, ready to act upon. So, I can press a yes or a no or whatever, and that will translate into some sort of a transaction. Uh, something similar. Uh, so, what happens? It 
uh, when it comes to genius, you invest. You first, of course, go through the investor personality, sure. uh, uh, kind of get a recommendation based on your time horizon or the goal you're talk talking about. Uh, once you make an investment in that, what happens? We keep giving you review alerts uh, on a monthly basis. Mm. So if you're making any change, you'll get an alert. Uh, you will be able to see that uh, uh, review in, in the app and choose to act on it or deny it. Fair enough. If you choose to act on it, we will construct a action in a way that it just becomes a very seamless uh, one-tap execution for you. Uh, and if you don't want to act on it, it's your choice, of course. We can't force you. Fair. So this is then what would mean is my next question. In terms of people's portfolios, which the 18% people who are on Genius, what percentage of their portfolio is on Genius? So the people who are in Genius, uh, uh, over a period of time, people are moving more and more assets towards Genius because they're realizing that... Uh, uh, I'm possibly I've enough I've made money over last series of course decent money being made even if I underperform Nifty. Sure. Let me protect this capital because markets are not really going anywhere. Mm. They're, they're too volatile or maybe too flat market for a long time. And uh, the positive experience of genius motivating them to move money. But moving money is not that simple because uh, uh, there is always tax impact, right? I have to sell an asset, book profit. So unless uh, there is dire need for mm. me to really sell it. Or asset allocation is such that I have excess risk in my portfolio, I need to sell it. People will not sell it. So we don't really encourage that you should move all your money to Genius just because mm. you have higher assets in Genius. It's user's call. Uh, but once people start in Genius, some people directly start in Genius because they find investing intimidating. Uh, they, of course, never go back or go out of Genius unless they want to invest for tax savings. So in some sense, but you'll also not incentivize separately because it's not like you're charging the money invested in Genius. So you don't necessarily need to push people to put all of their money apart, more of their money. Yeah, so whether you, of course, we would want, so ultimately, the long-term retention from a business standpoint will happen only on two things. We deliver great investing money. outcomes yeah. to, to, the, uh, to the users. And if we deliver great investing outcomes and they put more money, their, their tendency to stick around for a decade or more sure. becomes higher. So the indirect advantage of people putting more money on Genius uh, will end up being tangible because they will be likely more successful in all probability. Uh, likely more successful in the financial outcomes. Of outcome. Yeah, financial yeah. outcomes, yes. Yeah. And that would be success for you as well because they'll stick around with the platform. They'll eventually bring maybe larger part of their portfolio into the platform from outside of wherever else they're investing. Yeah, so actually that's an interesting point you brought in. We have a service on this. So uh, uh, because as I mentioned, uh, close to... 50 to 70 percent of the uh, users who download the app are already KYC verified. Correct, they're doing uh, something somewhere. Something somewhere, right? Mm. Uh, and we have a service where they can upload their existing mutual fund portfolio. Uh, in fact, there's no need to upload. It's an, it's, it's an integration we have with sure. uh, uh, an no, body where uh, the uh, entire portfolio comes seamlessly to mm. us, and we provide a kind of you know I would not say free, but a like complimentary portfolio health check. Okay. So you where you can identify. Uh, like a like a risk in the portfolio mm. that uh, you are overexposed to certain kind of asset classes. You possibly have overlap in the portfolio. Maybe you have multiple funds doing same job for you. You are maybe having extra commissions being paid to the agent for no reason. So we analyze the uh, portfolio and provide you excellent recommendations on it. Mm. Uh, and that also tends to really drive a lot of people to genius. So in some sense, when you bring in all this information, uh, my ability to hold slash do whatever transactions in that portfolio is not coming in. It still remains in the original platform. You have the information, yeah, but so, not the actual. So, yeah, yeah. So at no point of time, the assets are with the team money. Uh, uh, sure, but uh, you're, you're the place where the assets are being managed from. Tracked and managed. Yes, yeah, you can see that. So in some sense, if I were to sell or buy, I'm still doing it on the ET money app. But for the so, portfolio yes. that's elsewhere, which you've now been able to import just for the view part of things, in order to act upon your recommendation that you're overexposed to this or underexposed to this or I should do this differently, I'll still have to go back to my... Uh, no, so you can, we can take a sell request or a further okay. buy request or move from regular direct on the app. Uh, so in some sense, when it's imported into your system, you have access to manage those assets as well. No, we don't have access to manage. We have uh, access to... Uh, I would we, we have basically a possibility we can take instructions from you and pass on to the mutual fund manager. Directly or indirectly, you manage But we can't do anything on our own. Uh, yeah, fair. Not. I mean, you'll have to pass it to somebody, but for the user yeah, experience course. side of, of things, course. he can still pretty much use you to yeah. manage. Yeah, so see, unlike a DMAT account where the assets are lying with uh, with the broker or right. a repository, the mutual fund assets are always lying with sure. the RTAs. And yeah, yeah. So everybody, That's nobody as an app is holding the assets. Yeah, so from a, just a simple management lens, is like as a user experience level, I, I can tell you to do what I need you to do and you'll have it done at the back end with whoever needs to act upon it.
Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah, so indirectly, it's sort of I'm able to manage from within this. So this would then mean that my entire portfolio from wherever else it is now is getting managed by AT Money because I've imported it. As a user, I might not have to go to five places to buy or sell. I'm yeah. able to do it right here. Yes. And yes. this would automatically give a jumpstart in terms of the kind of asset under management. Well, that's not a KPI that you chase, but it's a number that will add up, right? Yeah, it's an answer. So in fact, uh, the assets uh, under tracking, as we call it, is actually 3x of what we uh, manage on our own sure. on app. So it's a very large number. So from a behavior uh, drive that, you know, in terms of the user journey that we had started off in the conversation, so people come in by their first mutual fund, uh, some of them by Genius, subscribe to Genius, so to speak. And at some stage, they also start bringing in the other part of their portfolio from wherever else they're invested to AT Money in order to just understand uh, the risk exposure and all of this. So from a user journey lens, and you had those eight different personas, I'm trying to understand now in terms of uh, how you orchestrate some of these uh, goals that each of these people will have a different yeah. path to the uh, end outcome. They might have different end outcomes as well. This is their risk appetite and the financial personality. Yeah. Is there a nerve? You, you mentioned a term for this, right? What investor do you call personality. This? Investor, investor personality. personality. So yeah, so the investor personality being what it is, it'll have different kind of end outcomes and, and aspirations as well in some sense. So from a user journey lens and the orchestration of these distinct user journeys, would mean a lot of content personalization as well to a certain lens, at least at the segment level. Uh, how we manage the uh, uh, kind of, you know, assets or investments of yours in stocks and mutual funds uh, under Genius is governed by the investor personality. Sure. Uh, uh, a lot of communication that may come to you is managed via uh, uh, the outcome of investor personality. Uh, but we are yet to reach a stage where the content is getting personalized to that. Okay. Uh, I would love to reach that stage. Uh, I don't think we are anywhere closer to it. And it's far more complex to more... talk about markets as a review or a view, hmm. uh, keeping in mind how to search other things. It's, uh, I, I, think, I think we require a, uh, a different version of ChatGPT, which is not died yet. <laughs> Very interesting. So Santosh, a fairly interesting and comprehensive play on data. And I would imagine that this automatically translates into a lot of everyday insights and everyday experiments and outcomes as well. Uh, help us understand a bit on your experimental framework, what frequency, what scale, what nature, what teams, how do they drive it? How do you remain I mean, objective through the kind of chaos that it is? So uh, I think uh, the, the, the testing uh, of uh, multiple approaches on product design or marketing communication there is some kind of team available for it inside AD Money, which is part of growth team. Uh, it works with product, it works with analytics, it works with marketing continuously all the time. Uh, the way we go about it is basically identify problems we want to solve. So sometimes we want to solve the problem of uh, kind of communication that are we communicating right thing to the customer. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes it can be uh, right at the app onboarding level, like when somebody installs the app for the first time, what do we do? Uh, and there are aspects about how do we drive uh, more adoption of different products uh, inside mm. the Money app. Uh, and uh, something surprised us, like, you know, one of the biggest experiments that we did, which had about 30% uplift in our conversion rates, was actually an experiment which nobody wanted to do. Uh, okay. right? So typically, uh, from a UX principle, uh, if... if uh, uh, a user is in a in a in a in a journey already. You would not really want to distract the user at all. Normally, yeah, you would like normally would not do it. Like typically on a e-commerce checkout page, you would not really uh, have another banner, right? Easily. You wouldn't want to ask a survey question on yeah, a checkout exactly. page. Exactly, you would not. You maybe people actually disable back buttons or other uh, link outs on that page as sure. well. People go to that length. Uh, so we we basically had this idea about. Uh, uh, we, we have an insight that more people uh, who are existing in the money, uh, if they also bringing their passport full in money, they tend to become better investors on okay. money. Uh, when being better investors, they basically manage portfolio better. They also tend to get retained better on money. Okay. Uh, but what happens is once you start investing, uh, it is a very secondary tertiary thought, thought in your head to really bring in your past portfolio. Okay. So we wanted to see that can we really, if we know that Speed once people that start investing, uh, the likelihood of their importing past portfolio becomes lesser. Mm. The, the likelihood of basically somebody converting better 
entertaining better is far higher if they start their journey with portfolio upload uh, okay. uh, uh, on the on the app and it was tough to task solve for because the problem is at no point of time i know uh, that whether you have an existing investments or not sure. and some as a team we never believed in asking are you an existing investor so sure. we asked this question mm-hmm. we've not done mm-hmm. that uh, so interestingly we did an experiment about 4 months ago where uh, after you enter your pan uh, uh, because of whatever industry integrations that we are supposed mm. to do as as an app uh, we detect that you already kyc verified so we can skip the kyc journey for you sure but because you kyc verified there is a higher likelihood that you may be an existing investor in mutual funds sure uh, we never ask question that would you like to track it right now so the moment we discovered that somebody is investor in uh, investor in devil markets and has a kyc Outside verified then mm. let's as a person would you like to bring in the passport for you okay uh typically would believe that let's not disturb the person let him continue the journey but mm. we disturbed that that user and started asking this question most people end up saying yes almost 80% people end up saying yes i want to track uh and we believe that once they bring in the uh, portfolio they would like to see uh what the portfolio should be mm-hmm. uh, straight away rather than actually continuing the journey because i've disturbed the user and then i'm supposed to really deliver what so i've been on a different journey yeah, but that different yeah. journey has a different and end we, outcome so we we test an approach where for some users we continued the journey which the user was on which was a not good ux uh and for some users we showed the portfolio that we imported immediately okay surprisingly the journey where we continued on the past task where he was wanting to open an account we did that worked better than basically moment of truth or the wow moment that the user will have by seeing his past portfolio immediately on the app so uh, my past baggage as i call it all the time is uh, would have more made me take a decision that we should not disturb the user mm. uh we disturbed uh we should basically show the portfolio right now because we've disturbed the user uh we chose not to do that of course we experimented both the versions and learned that what the baggage told actually was wrong So, so fascinating. So, if it were saying is I import, but I will actually do it later. I'll continue with my yes. account creation process, yeah. buy my mutual fund, but yeah. then also, I mean, on the side, I have something which is now ready for review. Yeah, because it takes time, right? So, you are entering an OTP. OTP may fail. Uh, the mobile number will be different. So, your OTP goes on email ID. You enter that as well. It's more friction. It's a friction. Yeah. It's, 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 it's too much friction there. And but in some sense, what I'm understanding about your user persona is a bit of high commitment, which means is maybe yeah, yeah. So we we justify to ourselves that uh, we are attracting high intent users. Maybe they actually are very excited about uh, forget about new investments. Let me first get hold of my existing investments. We rationalize all these things, but I wish we had rationalized this far earlier. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, the best wisdom always comes in the hindsight, yeah, right? Yeah. That's what I learned about the whole complex nature of your business. It would. be let's say a little ambitious to be able to dumb it down to a very top of the funnel advertising kind of play where you able to get people to appreciate the nuance of this right so in terms of your user acquisition growth strategy in the kind of competitive space you're in anything that kind of uh, is a winning formula for you by now or you kind of more comfortable than you know controlled but let's make sure this is working out no so i think we we've, we've been uh, we've played all sort of roles we've been aggressive uh, advertiser on display on mm. traditional media uh we've also experimented uh purely digital acquisition through performance advertising we have run both of them together but eventually have learned that education works the best sure. so i think uh, our 80% focus on a daily basis is how do we really educate uh the investors or prospective investors uh with the current market context uh for information which is relevant to him or her to mm. build a better financial future uh so we keep hunting for ideas we keep okay. hunting for opportunities and good part is uh, the digital media is so fragmented that some people's first port of call is youtube video watching youtube video some people's port of call is actually uh kind of google search and some people surprisingly go to quora as well right so and some people just discover content on on instagram reel or going to twitter threads so uh, i think the job of a marketer today becomes uh, our content market in that sense becomes that how do you really uh, first of all develop content at scale and at a frequency which is possibly equivalent to building a media company uh, and second how do you really drive reach 
of the content you're building because mm. the content today is so transient, right? Like the user attention spans are like so small. Uh, getting a like a fifty thousand views on a YouTube video that you produce after working hard for a few days, maybe sometimes weeks, uh, uh, becomes too tall and ask today, Fair. right? So because most videos will possibly die at death after they don't have that shelf life. Yeah. yeah. So uh, so we learned again on that aspect that. We will never be able to drive uh, a lot of video views. It can't be a spike. You might have yeah. some long shelf life content, but a whole bunch of short shelf yeah. life. Yeah. So typically, what happens if you have a half a million YouTube subscriber base across a few channels that we have, you would tend to expect that if you release a video, at least a large portion should watch it because they follow you. But that doesn't happen. But that's algorithm so, that plays well. Yeah, exactly. Of course, of course. <laughs> so, but so what, what we realize is that focusing on evergreen content is a far better strategy. Sure. So content which is relevant today, uh, relevant tomorrow, maybe even one year from now. So a lot of our videos today actually have broken uh, a few lakh views, yeah. despite being a brand who's building. Well, it's also vintage and kind of compounds over time. Yes, compounds over time. So. Uh, I think uh, focusing hard uh, and ruthlessly on evergreen content, mm-hmm. or giving a shape or narrative of evergreenness to a content which may be a fad right now, is the hard work that you do. And uh, we keep running this. In fact, uh, we get surprised that uh, month on month, month on month, uh, the number of people who say that they encountered any money uh, either via word of mouth sure. or via. A content item on any of the social media mm. channels uh, just becomes the largest source of acquisition for us. You know, uh, the last lenses I'd love to apply to this whole acquisition versus retention piece. A lot of companies still, and I wouldn't necessarily judge them for this because it's a function of a lot of choices that they make. Tend to optimize for a key metric, let's say the app installation or the first activation or one of those things. Have you been able to, in your data system, stitch together the fact that okay, people coming from this kind of sources, maybe even at the campaign granularity level, tend to become better uh, investors in let's say the six months from now, and not necessarily disconnecting these two systems at the point of let's say the app install. So I think uh, uh, people who come via referral channels, of course, are the best. We have a referral program on sure. the app uh, which contributes. Uh, probably highest conversion uh, rating or a okay. conversion highest converting codes mm. in that sense. Mm. But uh, you know, because uh, we spend on education a lot more, uh, the the byproduct of there's a lot of organic installs and organic signups sure. happen. So I think we are biased towards to say that organic is the best uh, mm. route to convert. But I think we have possibly fallen on organic as a way that because we learned the hard way that the Investments as a category is such that a lot of things have to come together: markets, need, timing, uh, to be able to drive better conversion from paid campaigns. The reason I'm smiling is because of while ago you said that this is not quick commerce and this is not food delivery. You can't scale it like just like that. There's a lot, lot of factors need to come together to make it work. Yeah, if you scale it, then you'll, you'll scale it for hundred rupee SIP transactions, uh, uh, which neither helps the customer nor helps us, uh, and somewhere. Uh, because you're focused on really making people take right investing decisions, uh, you really just can't go and advertise the top performing fund, which whose best time may be in the past. Really great. Yeah, awesome. So it's extremely insightful. Thank you so much for doing this, Santosh. I'm sure there'll be more room for more conversations, more in-depth pieces. We'll try and spend more time with your team. Sure. Lovely Thanks. having you on the show. Thanks for having me. Thank, Thank you so much.